0: Listen in as Haley and Carissa, Fearless Soul podcast hosts, certified life coaches, and co-founders of Heart and Rooney share the secrets to igniting your fearless soul and getting clearly focused on your passion and purpose. Each episode was created to give you practical tools and inspiration to discover who you are at your deepest core and take massive action. Are you ready to open the door to your fearless soul?
1: Hi everyone, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Episode five here, and we have a super awesome guest today, a friend of mine. Um, She's super cool, and we're really excited to have her, Rachel Peterson. Um, So, if you've never heard of her, you are crazy because she's amazing. (laughs) Just to give a little quick background about Rachel, she's a social media strategist, she's been recognized by Content Marketing Institute as one of the most influential online marketers. Um, she went from being a college dropout and a single mom on welfare to a successful and highly sought after social media strategist and now an educator as well. She's been featured in top publications. She's also the founder of Social Media United, which is a leading online university for those of people who are aspiring to become successful social media managers and strategists. Um, she is also a co-founder of social works. Um, got a lot of other stuff in the works too. So thanks so much for joining us, Rachel. We really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I have to say hearing your own bio, it's always like, Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. And then you're like, is it really me? Wow. It's so cool <laughs> I'm so happy to be here ladies.
1: Awesome. And that's so funny too. I feel like, I feel like everyone's always like, that's really me. Yes. Totally. I did all of that. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your story and how this all started for you.
0: Definitely. So my story goes way back. Um, Since I think, I feel like this is going to be a great opportunity to kind of share some of like the the way back story. Um, So I, man, let's go back to when I was like 18. So I loved social media early on. I was one of the MySpace users back in like, you know, middle school. I think we all kind of were. (laughs) Um, But I always loved it. And one of my favorite things about social media was that I realized that very early on something different could happen with, for example, Twitter than anything that happens in our normal days. And I realized that you could reach out to people and connect with people via social media that you had never met in your life. So back when I was like 19, 18, 19 years old, I'm watching the bachelor one day. So I don't think I've even shared this whole story before. So this is kind of fun. I'm watching the bachelor by guilty pleasure. And I noticed that there was a producer on the show named Cassie and I really found her super interesting. And I was like, I want to know more about her. So I tweeted her and we started tweeting back and forth. And before you know it, we were exchanging emails and we were like, always checking in and we were buddies. And I was like, I'm buddies with a producer from the bachelor. Wait, this is kind of weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then it happened again. There, there was this show on, I think it was Netflix and it was called the colony. And there was a guy at the time I'm happily married now, but there was a guy at the time that I thought was really cute and I wanted to connect with him. So I sent him a couple of tweets and we started messaging on Twitter. And for me, this was like a realization. Oh my gosh, my whole life has been, you know, very different, very normal, very Minnesota. Um, you know, you go to school, then you get married, then you have 2.5 kids and then you follow your five and nothing ever changes. That was like the first real glimmer to me that there was something I could reach out to that was maybe bigger than what that plan was. So I've never shared that, but it was like this aha. And I didn't quite put all the pieces together for a long time before that. Like I grew up in a family where we were always kind of poor for a long time. My dad was the pastor of our church. It was really intense, but then, at twenty one years old, I accidentally became a mom. Um, surprise, I think it happens to some of the greatest ones of us, right because <laughs> Cassidy, you were a single mom, or sorry, not Cassidy Carissa, you were a single mom too, right?
2: I was yes, yep
0: yeah it's it kind of changes you suddenly you're like, "Whoa, now I have two people to be responsible for, and I don't even feel like the grown up right. so I had to figure things out. I'm sure you experienced that as well, right? I
2: did And it was really hard. It's like it, your whole world just comes to a stop. And it's like, okay, what am I supposed to do? What about all the dreams and all the big things that I was going to be now? What? And you have to reevaluate and then move forward and figure it out.
0: It, I think it almost takes you, a, it feels like a big old hiccup, like, whoa. Okay. So everything's on hold now for a second. And it takes you a few years to kind of find it again and realize, okay, life isn't over. A kid is a great blessing and it can kind of give you the fire to go towards something bigger.
2: It does. I think it did that for me too. I'm so motivated for life and everything in it because of that. That's such a, it's such a, it just makes you, when you go through struggles, it makes you better.
0: 100%. You know, it's, I think about, so from there I was like, I want to become a hairstylist. And now I have this like big vision someday, the dreams that could happen. It doesn't feel like they're real today, especially since as working, Well, I was working as a hairstylist and going to school for it, we had no money. I mean like no money. I was on welfare and food stamps. And I remember we would literally, I'd put Dakota in her stroller and we would walk six miles to Goodwill to go get close. And that sounds so dramatic, but we didn't have a car. We didn't have money. You know, I was renting one room out of my dad's house who was also, he was going through like a really tough financial time. And it was, it, there were some days where it was hot, some days where it was cold and it was this long walk. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be successful. And I would sit there and I'd sort through the clothes at Goodwill. And I'd be like, can I find a fancy black shirt so I can look really professional as a hairstylist? And then I'd find one and it'd be $3. And I'd be like, I can't spend those extra $2. I need one that's 99 cents on sale. You know, it was insane. But I realized through that time, like, honestly, you can do absolutely anything that you put your mind to. Yep.
2: Yep. That's right. Wow. So was, that's fun. so powerful. Yeah, so powerful. So amazing. Such a testimony. So what um what brought you to social media management and what you're doing now? Like what what happened? So you were a hairstylist. What happened next?
0: Yes. So keep in mind that story from where I realized social media is somehow connected to something. There's an ability to do something that I don't quite understand. Um, As a hairstylist, I started playing with social media and I was like, I'm gonna put up pictures of before and afters, I'm gonna show what I could do for someone's hair or results that I've gotten for one of my clients. And I still didn't quite understand it, but I just knew that when I posted on social media, clients booked with me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this. This is something's working. And I was clicking into it and recognizing something, something about this social media thing is working. Um, Like I said, I didn't really understand it, but then one day one of my clients came to me and she was telling me about her husband's business. And she said, could you help us with our social media? And I think I was just naive enough to be dumb enough to say yes before I knew anything. So I was like yeah, I love social media. I'd love to show you how to use it. Uh, and I went to their house and I just remember having this like big gut feeling. I think I'm going to go into marketing. I think something's going to be different forever. And when I came home, my husband was like, babe, I think this is it. I think marketing is what you're supposed to do. And I made a silly decision and I quit my nine to five, like not long after wasn't ready, totally wasn't ready. I had to find a new nine to five pretty shortly after that. But I made the leap and I was like, I'm going to be a social media manager. Keep in mind, I have one client who's building a couple of hours at $15 an hour and no leads, no mentorship, no idea where to get started from there. So, Thank yeah, so we're like, this isn't going to work. Um, so, after we had our second child, Delilah, I needed a job and I actually first went and decided to become a nanny. Where that came from, I don't know. But it was the worst job of my entire life. Um, <laughs> I anyone feel me, like my kids are great. Yes. I can't. Like, God, don't want to touch other people's kids. <laughs> yes. around them. God bless every nanny who does it for a living. I don't understand it. I hated it. Uh, But that was when it was like, okay, this is that moment. This is that do or die moment. I either have to go back to being a hairstylist, which I liked, but it was exhausting and it's an interesting environment or I'm going to make this marketing thing work. So without a degree, without experience, I jumped on in and applied for positions as a marketing person. It was kind of crazy, Um, but it worked. So I got a job in marketing and then uh, there was a day where I got in trouble for missing work when my daughter was sick. And that for me was just like this, Oh my gosh, you're never going to actually be free. Like you're, you're always going to report to a boss who expects you to be here eight to five every single day, except for the two weeks PTO, you know, and it just mm-hmm. it stirred something in me that wanted something more. So I took action and within six months I left my nine to five. Fully booked. So um, wow. I know
1: that both Chris and I have experienced that too. Like that, oh, we have to go off of someone else's like plan for us and schedule for us and what they say, and just like knowing that family is so important to us. It's one of the big reasons why we wanted to help other people do the exact same thing and get out of their comfort zone. But how terrifying that is to like not have to, that to depend on, not have that consistent income or the reliability of that nine to five. So props for you for taking that step. (laughs) I'm sure it was terrifying.
0: (laughs) It definitely was. You know, one of the things that was kind of neat about it though, is that I realized that when you're in charge of your own income and your own job, your own offers, your own audience and your market, suddenly there is a safety net. Now you're in control and you're able to launch new things to them or come up with something new that adds value. That to me actually felt like more control eventually it didn't happen right away. I was scared for a long time, very, very long time. But then ultimately, like I started to realize, wow, this is something that I'm able to be in charge of. This is amazing. This is real freedom.
2: Yeah. I love that. So so what, can you tell us like what was going on in your mind? So you started to get clients, started getting big. Um, what did you like, what fearful thoughts were coming in your mind or what, how did you overcome that? And how did you put yourself out there more?
0: Ooh, I love that question. So one of the things that's really interesting is the order of how everything went. Um, Cause people ask me a lot. They're like, well, it was easy for you to get clients. Everyone knows who you are. Yeah. Well, okay. That sounds really nice in theory, but the reality is like when I started building my clientele guys, nobody had heard of the name Rachel Peterson ever. I hadn't gone viral. I didn't have like massive success yet. Um, it was just, I'm just another social media manager competing with everyone else. And so there was this fear in my head and I had this idea that there was only a certain number of clients that, you know, the world could get and I needed to get as many of them as I could. But the biggest fear that I had was like, what happens the day that I and making as much as my nine to five. Do I have to make that leap? Like, what does that look like? And when it happened after six months, I remember talking to some of my coworkers and I told them what was happening. And I was like, I don't know how to explain this, but I think I'm gonna have to leave here soon guys because my clientele is growing. And I mean, is that crazy? Is that stupid? Is it is that a thing people do? And <laughs> at this point, like, no, that's not a thing people do. People go from one job to the next. Right. So when I was telling them, they're like, wow, that's really cool. But you can tell they're like, okay, great. She'll be back in three months. (laughs) And then it literally, the week that I put my uh, one month notice in, I went viral. And so it was almost just like, this is the sign. This is the moment. This is the time. Let's go, you know, but you know, the, the really interesting thing is it wasn't leading up to that where the fear kicked in. I thought it was going to be scary to like submit my nine to five. I thought it was going to be scary to um, build my clientele. The scariest part was in the weeks, in the day that followed me leaving my nine to five and the weeks after that, that was where I was really scared, really scared.
2: What were you thinking in those moments or what, what was there any fear about like, Oh my gosh, now I have to help people. Now I have to like actually perform and they're my clients and they're paying me money.
0: <laughs> I think that was always there. Um <laughs> I love that, but I, the fear was different. It was it's so irrational now looking back. The fear was like, "Oh my gosh, what if all my clients leave and we're left with nothing and we end up homeless and bankrupt and broke and living in a car?" And it's so funny because I wasn't making a logical decision on that thought process. Logically, that doesn't make sense. If that starts to happen, you go get a job. Like, hello, I I don't know why I only saw this one option and it was do or die, like this has to happen and this has to work or else my entire life is over. Um, I think that was like the greatest source of fear. Like what if I let my husband down? What if I let my family down? And I didn't realize that perceived fear, wasn't actually something I needed to be afraid of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was. It was all in my head.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. So for the people that are trying to get into this online world of social media marketing or management, um, and they're fearful because they think that it's oversaturated, that everyone's doing it, and they don't know how to kind of step out there. What advice would you give them?
0: Ooh, I'm gonna look at some stats for it right now because I was just gonna do this the other day. Um, This is so crazy. All right, let's see. We have how many small businesses are there in the United States? This is going to blow your mind, you guys. There are 28 million small businesses in the United States. The reason that I share that is because I have a thousand students in social media at United, and people are like, oh, it's way oversaturated. Like, there's too many social media managers. You can't tell me that there aren't 14 million of those at least that need social media support and marketing, right? Right. Every company wants to grow and it's just a matter of whether they're brand new or maybe don't have funds or they've crossed into that point where they're ready to start marketing. So let's see, for, let's, say, let's pretend there's 14 million just in the United States that need social media management. So if there's a thousand of us in social media United, that's about 14,000 clients per person in social media United. Um, My gut tells me no one needs 14,000 clients. So the thing is like, guys, it's a wide open field. And that's one of the craziest things. I literally feel like I can't even turn around without someone saying, oh my gosh, I need help. I need this. And the crazy part about this is there are even big businesses that we assume know everything. And the reality is they're struggling and they don't know who to turn to to get advice on organic or paid advertising or their funnels. And the reality is the pressure on them to perform is greater than ever. So there's so much opportunity. I can't even believe it.
2: Yeah, I love that. What so say there's a woman out there and she's wanting to start a business. Um so maybe she's overcome the fears and overcome the, you know, it's saturated. Um what one piece of advice would you give her? Maybe it's social media management, maybe it's something else, but what would you say to her as she's
0: venturing out? Ooh, I feel like there's a lot of advice I'd want to give. I'm going to give the advice that helped me to really focus. Um, so a lot of people are going to try to pitch you a lot of courses and a lot of things that you don't necessarily need yet.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, there's everywhere you look, there's a webinar, there's a Facebook ad, there's a new course that's a thousand or $2,000. And I'm not saying that they're bad, but the thing I'm going to share with you is the best thing that you can do is to first and foremost, create income. Now, at some point, income is going to turn into revenue, and then it's not as fun. It's more fun when it's all income, and you're like, ooh, I get to write this awesome check to myself, and then someday you're like, oh, this isn't as glamorous. Okay, Um, but the reality is, in order to first get that income coming in, you do not have to purchase some crazy course. I might be, like, one of the only people with a course who tells you, you don't have to buy my course. You can do this. It helps a lot. It makes it easier, but you do not have to spend $2,000 on a course to get started. One of the best things that you can do is first and foremost, fix your mind on, I just need to secure a client. One client gives you revenue and runway and income, and it shows you like, hey look, I'm capable of big and awesome things, I can do this. So for me, that was a huge realization. Like First and foremost, bring in the bacon, And then decide how you want the bacon. Then you'd start to kind of invest into courses a little bit. But the reality is your business should be working for you, not you feeling like you're having to constantly work to make money to support the business.
1: That's so good. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) So I've known, I've known you, Rachel, for gosh, I don't know what has it been, like 15 years, something like that. We met a really long time ago, and then we're able to reconnect um, years later. And one of the things that I've learned about you just by being, you know, in your world a little bit, being in your life, and my husband works for her right now, uh, helping her run social works, which is her agency. Um, One of the things that I've noticed about you is that you are probably one of the most motivated, driven people that that I've ever met in my whole life, always trying to grow and improve and learn new things and just dive into those, um, which is something I love about you. On the days where you feel like you lack motivation or drive, because we all have those days, right? Oh, yeah. What do you do to overcome those, uh, those moments of lack of motivation and drive and push forward?
0: Oh, my gosh. I can speak to this even, like, recently. So I will say, first and foremost, the last part of my pregnancy – I was not motivated and you know, what's crazy. You can see it in my businesses. You can see it in the revenue. You can see it in the churn. You can see it in, um, all the projects that didn't get completed. So when there are times like that, sometimes you just have to ride it out and be like, you know what, this is a season for me. Pregnancy is that I hate pregnancy so much. (laughs) Like I don't ever want to do it again. Um, but then the result is obviously awesome. So, I've had a couple of those days since I had Dominic, um, I think two months ago, and it's only been a couple, but when I have those days, I kind of recognize like this is off. Something's totally off and I have to make two decisions. One of two decisions, I'm either going to embrace it and allow it and feel it and just be like, it's okay today. Today, I don't have to do anything. I'm going to watch Netflix. I might catch up on social media. I'm going to be okay with it. The one thing I do warn about, a lot of people say that. They say, like, it's okay to not want to do anything. Well, not if it's happening a lot. I'm going to be honest. That's, like, my fallback if it's, like, really bad. Especially after having a baby. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I've maybe had these two days where I'm like, I can't do anything. I'm worthless today. Most days, because I think that the state of mind that you're in when you can't get motivation is something you have to reset most of the time. So what I do is I... Drink a lot of green juice. I know that sounds kind of funny. It's called suja, S-U-J-A, or Suha, however we pronounce that. That helps me so much. Like I chug a big old thing of it. It's disgusting. It tastes like death and diarrhea. But I. But the reality is, like I know that when I fill my body with those nutrients, I'm going to start to feel it. And then maybe I'm going to dive into something I love, like hopping on a live. I'm extroverted. Some people are introverted. Others are extroverted. When I'm extroverted mode and I need to get geared up, I hop onto lives on all my platforms. So I'll go boom, 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 boom. And I get that energy back and I feel like ready to go again. That's super helpful for me. Or if that doesn't do it, sometimes this doesn't happen a lot, but I'll have to go on a walk and be like, I have to get something going So will take a phone call and go on a walk or listen to a podcast and go on a walk. That's the rarity. But usually it's like, okay, what is that thing that you love to do? And for me, it's Facebook lives. And I'm like, so now I need to start the day with that, get my energy going and just suck it up. Um, that that's how I felt this morning. But then second part of the day you have to just go for it and make the day happen.
2: Yes. That's awesome. I feel like in the world of bigger names out there and people that have influence they are so motivated we think that in their head but really they're just like us we're just like us everybody is the same so is there ever a day in your life that you're like i just want to quit like i'm done i want to throw in the towel it's too much i want to just be a mom and not have to deal with it
0: good question i've had those days i haven't had them recently um and part of that is because of my own journey. So I've I've stayed home with kids before, I, and I did the nanny thing, and I've done the stay-at-home mom thing for a little bit when we totally couldn't afford it. Um, and I didn't I didn't come to life. I felt like there was something missing. Like I felt like I was supposed to be building what we know it is now. You know, like this this whole business. And this mm-hmm. thing. But like a couple of weeks ago, I remember there was a day where I had the baby blues so bad, and I was like in my head, I was like, I don't wanna wake up because I know when I wake up, the baby's day starts and then we have this long day and he's there all day and I looked and I've got like stains all down my shirt and my hair looked awful and I just was like, there's no part of me that wants to do any of this today. I do not feel capable or worthy or like the person who I need to be to show up on video, for sure. And the crazy part is like, they used to happen more and they happen less and less now because I realize it's not even about me anymore. If that makes sense. Like my name and my face are a part of the brand and they're great because it, it moves things forward. But It's not about me now. It's, we've got a team. There are people's lives who are depending on our success. There are thousands of people who are, need to learn how to do what I do because they need freedom too. And so suddenly it became a bigger moral obligation. Like I have to show up or else people's lives won't ever be able to be impacted.
2: Yes, Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's always going back to your why. Like, what's my purpose? Why am I doing this? That's Mm -hmm. what motivates me and drives me. I love that.
0: Mm -hmm. Every single day.
1: Especially when you're building your team, too. There's more than just you to look out for in your family. It's other people's families and teams, which is great. You're doing something great for a lot of people. Um, But it does come with some pressure and some expectations you hold yourself to too. So
0: yeah, totally.
1: Um, what would you say is one practical tool for social media management that you are really loving right now?
0: Oh, I've got a couple that I crush on. My favorite is post planner. I love post planner. I think it's so easy for finding great content, viral content. I think it's easy to schedule. I personally find it to just be the easiest. Um, Some people love Hootsuite or Buffer. I'm a huge fan of Postman because it helps me to find the content that's performing and then ultimately schedule it for multiple platforms and multiple pages and groups as well.
2: Nice. That is so good. Like I said, I'm taking notes over here. (laughs) I love it. Rachel, we are so thankful that you came on our podcast today and that you're sharing these tools and, um, sharing your story with us and our listeners, um, where can our listeners find you on social media?
0: Ooh. So I am the Mrs. Peterson, all E's and a D on every single platform or a really easy way to find everything about me. And I'm going to have a new website soon. Maybe by the time this goes live, maybe not. You'll know if it's new or if it's not. The old one is ugly, this one is gorgeous. So if it's gorgeous, it's new. If it's ugly, it's still new or it's still old. Um, but rachelpeterson.com all E's and a D is the easiest way to find everything that I'm up to. Awesome.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us, Rachel. Um, We will keep uh, monitoring all your stuff. We're really excited for everything that you're doing. And we know there's great stuff to come too.
0: Thanks, ladies. This has been such a blast. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening, we would love it if you went to iTunes and gave us a five-star rating and subscribe to our channel. Also, don't forget to check us out on social media at Heart and Rooney.